Hello everyone and welcome to the weekly movie wrap up where we talk all things movies, TV, and news. I'm your host Brandon Sedlick and it's just me today so let's just get right into it starting off with Saturday Night Live. And I just wanted to be a bit more clear because I saw this happened on YouTube uh, last week uh, with uh, the show. Um, I'm not going to be doing any cut for time sketches because they don't upload them until about a week after the show airs so I'm not going to re-record. Most of the time it's like the day before and I'm not going to re-record just for the cut for time sketches. So my favorite sketch, and we're three for three now with the cold opens, the dueling town halls. And for some reason, I think the earlier sketches may have been funny had I not seen the events that they were parodying. Um, I watched both of the debates, and at the time of recording, uh, I watched the second presidential debate too. So I can expect that to happen this week. Um, but I didn't bother with either of the town halls, so I that's possibly why I felt this one was probably the best uh, they've done so far. Uh, my next favorite was the Your Voice Chicago, and yeah, this is probably the only other one I legitimately liked, uh, but it was it still wasn't like a top-notch sketch. Uh, n- next from that, uh, First Date Exes, and I seriously don't know what happened this week, because Issa Rae, she's a really funny, she was hosting, she's really funny, but I guess SNL just doesn't work out, because a lot of, the rest of these sketches are like average, and they're not funny at all, really. Uh, Dancer is my next one, I guess. I kind of just ordered these. I just like rewatched them. I ordered them which one I enjoyed the most, I guess. I don't know. Um, so yeah, Dancer and then Jack Flats. And I get they have to get creative with these coronavirus sketches, but we've only been back for three weeks now. It's already getting extremely lazy. Uh, the eBay is my next one. It was all right. Um, Five Hour Empathy. This one was fine too, but the whole averageness of uh, this last week's show was very striking so and then my least favorite um i didn't even like this one at all the canadian news show i don't have anything to say because it just wasn't funny and it was just incredibly confusing okay and just this uh a few days ago a new documentary came out on hulu they've been working on it all throughout the pandemic it's called totally under control i really don't want to get too far into this and if you want to read my uh full quote-unquote review uh, check out in my Twitter bio, at Brandon Sedlick, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-S-I-E-D-L-I-K. It's not really a review, but it's more of about a recapping of what I did about the monstrosity of what our government has done since the beginning of the year. And I don't want to be that guy to persuade you otherwise, but for those of you who still like Trump, I really would like to know why. I don't want to criticize you, I'm just, I'm actually very interested. I'm personally not a fan of him, but I do think pre-COVID... The economy is the one big thing he has had over Biden. And I, I don't think Biden is the perfect, perfect candidate, but I think the election of uh, result will uh, play into how many people may die after, like, in these coming years. Um, the virus was never going to be preventable, but I don't, it never had to go as far as 200,000 plus deaths, I do not think. Um, Trump doesn't realize that the economy will not go up after the virus is gone. He thinks he is the scientist, and I'm not making that up to further my statement of why he's not professional, I guess. He's made actually made fun of Biden for wanting to listen to real doctors, which makes you wonder why, um, why he wants to take on the responsibility of becoming a president again when the stakes are even bigger than they were in 2016. So I don't, I don't know. But, um, yeah, 
Also, I don't think I can take waking up each morning for the next four years to rage tweets that can be incredibly dangerous if you direct them towards the wrong group. Anyway, those are just my quick thoughts. Go read my full review for all of it. Um, but I really like to hear your thoughts. And just tweet me if so. Don't give me Biden stuff. Don't give me reasons uh, for what Biden doesn't do because that doesn't relate exactly to what Trump does do. I'm wondering what specific examples besides the economy he has shown that he's a borderline good president. I'm not going to spawn to rage emails or whatever. Just tweet me if you want, if you would like. And then a few other stuff came out in the past week. Uh, Lovecraft Country just finished up. I did not finish it. Uh, all the episodes, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, Hellstrom came out on Hulu. I didn't finish that either, but it. I'm not going to finish it. Um, it doesn't matter at all. They can't. They canceled the show before, like almost a year before it even came out. So. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Um, and then Borat 2, I'm not going to talk about that because my full review will be up on Wired hopefully later this week. And then On the Rocks is the final movie that came out uh, at Toronto International Film Festival about, I think, last month. And it just came out on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. I have not watched that yet, but I will talk about it next week. So anyway, the movie I will be talking about today is Robert Zemeckis' uh, The Witches remake which came out on hbo max just a few days ago and this is the type of film that is meant to skip theaters and uh go on streaming i don't even think it would have made very much money had uh covid not happened um but yes uh zemeckis is one of the best directors that has over time and he's sort of fallen out of touch lately i you'd think he'd be better than this project because it isn't good at all i didn't i didn't think so i didn't find very many positives i guess Overall, it does have a good cast. Octavia Spencer, who is probably the best part, she plays the grandma role and the 1990 version of this role character brought um, some of the worst acting I've ever seen in a beloved classic film. Uh, Stanley Tucci's fine. He's uh, He's like the hotel owner, but he's not as good as Rowan Atkinson was in the first one. Barely has any screen time, actually. And then Anne Hathaway is doing an incredibly over-the-top Angelica Houston impression. Speaking of which, I feel it is crucial to have seen the 1990 version first. It's on Netflix right now, and I just rewatched it. And then you'll realize that they did almost nothing new with this version, except change the ending a little bit. And also, both endings in both versions weren't good, but whatever. Um, yeah, lastly, it's, it's too... Kitty, it's too much for children. 1990 version pushed that limit by showing some very disturbing images with uh, the Grand High Witch's makeup, in particular. It all lends us here. It all lends itself to incredibly distracting CGI. Uh, the ballroom scene doesn't even compare to the 1990 version. Um, although you could see there's a lot more diversity throughout the cast, when I believe the entire lineup of uh, extras for witches were white, I believe. Um, but yeah, the ideas the writers came up with, uh, Zemeckis, Kenya Barris, who did the sh uh, 2019 Shaft movie, which wasn't that bad. Uh, and then he's going to do Coming to America later this uh, year. Uh, and then Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. He's, I was surprised to find he was actually attached to this. But they had an idea for a neat sequel. Highly doubt it'll happen, because it, it it's a straight-to-streaming movie, and it, it made no money. I doubt it gathered many new subscribers. 
Um, but I feel like they should have taken that uh, ending idea and made it into a sequel. Just made that film, scrapped the entire remake side, and just made it a sequel to the 1990 version. You still could have had the same cast members. It's just changed the plot and everything. Uh, next up, a few, a little bit of news came out this week. Not much. Um, Kevin Feige has been shaping up his Young Avengers for the past few years, and I figured he would cast younger, more unknown actors. But I don't think he. I I wouldn't have thought he would cast practically first timers. Uh, the Young Avengers is all about the representation, and it's not looking like that's what's going to happen as a, re- a result of this casting, which I'll get to. Uh, Wiccan and Speed are Wanda's kids. They're going to be in WandaVision. And Wiccan's relationship with Hulklang is one of the most famous gay relationships in all of comics. And it really, that's what makes his character, at least. I don't think, and I don't, I'm worried that's not going to happen. I don't want to see the Hollywood Disney Channel censored version of the Young Avengers. I want to see the Young Avengers. Anywho, uh, Zochi Gomez has supposedly been cast as Miss America or America Chavez. Um, it hasn't been 100% confirmed, but it's pretty obvious that she's going to be, uh, she's, she is a younger character. The character is said to debut in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is the only detail given about the actress of what movie she was going to be in. But that movie's getting a little crowded right now, so we'll see. But I, I heard it was, it would act as like an Avengers light movie, such as Captain America Civil War. Uh, but the character is a Latin American bisexual superhero. And I like the idea of the young casting, but I worry doing preteens instead of teenagers and it is an excuse to get out and around of the representation of different groups. But it all comes down to what uh, Sam Raimi may want to do with the character. Uh, Kevin Feige might tell him what to do a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, typically, the younger actors wouldn't be put in a role or situation that is primarily based around that character's relationship and or what they are representing. But so far of the Young Avengers, we have Stature, uh, Ant-Man's daughter, uh, Mrs. Marvel, who's getting her own show. I just talked about that a few weeks ago. Kate Bishop, who's uh, most likely the one adult character. Uh, She's normally the leader of the Young Avengers, and she's going to be co-starring in the Hawkeye show, which is going to act like sort of a Passing of the Torch series. And it's looking like that role is going to go to Haley Steinfeld. And then Wicked and Speed, as I said, uh, going to be in WandaVision. A few months ago, the long-awaited announcement finally happened. The Snyder Cut is coming out in 2021, only on HBO Max. And some, a few characters have been revealed to uh, be in this... Uh, well, it's not a movie, I guess. It's now a miniseries. It's going to be a four-hour uh, miniseries split into different parts. Um, but... They, it said uh, they would give some money to Zack Snyder to finish this because it, there was never a finished cut of the film. They always had to do a bit more uh, filming to actually finish. And this is going to be a totally different movie than the 2017 version because he said he doesn't want to use any footage that got released in the uh, theatrical cut. There might be a different, uh, slightly different. It might seem the same, same plot. It's the same movie. It's just they're probably going to use different scenes and stuff to structure the plot. And speaking of which, it looks like they're going to restructure the plot because originally Jared Leto's Joker was not in the film and they're probably going to do more filming than expected because Jared Leto was just announced that he's going to be in this 
probably not for a big role. But anyone who tries to stop this from happening now would be causing financial suicide. Um, but yes, the Snyderverse most likely will continue on HBO Max if this is successful enough, which means subscriptions, not pirating the uh, thing off a website. And this could possibly give us the air cut, which is more finished than this, uh, the Snyder Cut was. Uh, but Suicide Squad was set to uh, uh, chronologically before Justice League. But it's, it, I'm sure it'll be able to come after and still make sense. But yes, Jared Lowe's Joker and Joe Manganiello's Deathstroke have just been confirmed. They will be returning. And I think... I hope what they're doing is like uh, introducing like a new character each week to keep everyone intrigued. Like they have to watch next week's quote unquote episode. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern, maybe, maybe I don't know. He's been tweet he's been tweeting release the Snyder Cut, um, which I wouldn't think he would do other other than maybe hinting at something like this. Um, but yeah, I didn't hate or like Jared Leto's Joker really, but the character was definitely missing giant chunks of the. Uh, inside Suicide Squad. A lot of the scenes that he had in the trailers were cut, and it was obvious. But for a while, it looked like he wouldn't return because they used a body double for him in Birds of Prey in, like, one, a single scene. But yeah, so the, if the Snyderverse lives on, I don't know what's going to happen with Henry Cavill's Superman, and will the Flash movie be Ben Affleck's final performance? Who knows? Um, but Jeff Johns and John Berg are being removed as producers on this version, which is a good move. I feel like Zach uh, should just finish his vision without interference of the studio this time around. Uh, and interference of the studio was not the only issue why Zack Snyder was taken off as original director. But Warner Brothers never really liked his version, which is why they brought in Joss Whedon to literally recut the entire film he filmed almost entirely new footage um i thought i saw like 95 percent of the footage in the less than two hour cut that was released was uh joss whedon's um but snyder has had almost half a decade to think over things he wanted to include in this version because i mean zach snyder's not a great filmmaker he's had some hits he has a lot of misses uh sucker punch whatever that one was not good so i don't know i don't know we'll see how this turns out and then a new movie just got announced at least i i don't think it was announced this is the first time i'm hearing of it uh texas chainsaw massacre will be making a comeback in 2021 and they just uh, released the first poster and i think it looks pretty cool actually but yeah i never knew about this and it seems like in this past decade the slash the slasher genre is making a comeback uh lebron james said he's gonna want to he wanted to do a Friday the 13th remake, but I don't know if that's still happening. That news is like two years old. Uh, Mark Hamill's Chucky is consecutive with um, the Brad Dourif's original Chucky franchise, which is now getting a TV show that's going to premiere next year. Uh, Dave and Gordon Green's Halloween reboot trilogy, which I like. Uh, the one that came out in 2018, then the, the new one just got pushed to next year, and then the one after that got pushed. Uh, Chris Rock's Saw movie coming out next year, Scream 5, all with the original cast, Candyman, all that. Everything's coming back, but who knows if they're going to turn out well. Um, my, yeah, my question is, I don't know if this is going to be a remoot, rebake, uh, or an unrelated sequel slash prequel, all of which, um, have happened in this, in this Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, but none of which have succeeded. Um, I want to learn something new. 
which modern horror movies have been able to do well. I don't want to do like an 80s horror sequel, which is just the same. It's just same after same after same um, as the one that came before it. And I've only seen a few of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies because a lot of them aren't available for Blu-ray purchase. I've seen the original, which is probably the best one I've seen. Uh, and the two most recent ones, the Texas Chainsaw 3D and Leatherface, both were very, very bad. Uh, but I'll definitely watch this new one. I'm imagining a September or October release, but I have no expectations for this as of right now. And then uh, they just announced that Fast and Furious is supposedly ending after the 11th film. Uh, first off, I don't believe this for a second. Justin Lin said he's going to direct uh, the 10th and 11th one, and then the 9th one, which hasn't even come out yet. But this is one of Universal's biggest franchises. Um, many of the recent ones have either joined the Billion Dollar Club or have come very close. They're they're guaranteed money makers for them, like the Jurassic World franchise, which is like the only other big one they have. But as long as they keep making money, they'll keep going. They'll keep making these, just like Star Wars. Even if the story concludes, like Rise of Skywalker, they're still gonna make more and more and more. But if this is true, I would expect spin-offs to still be a thing, such as Hobbs and Shaw sequels. And then uh, Chadwick Boseman's final film, Ma-, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom trailer, just came out. Uh, many trailers have come out this la- uh, last week, but um, I'm only going to talk about a few that I actually did have things to say about beyond I liked it or I didn't like it. Uh, music biopics ha- are never they're never different for me. Sure, they each tell different stories because they're based off of a person's life, but the structure is just so similar that I never get excited when I watch most of them. But I really like the look of this, as well as um, Aretha Franklin's one coming out next year, Respect, with uh, Jennifer Hudson. But this is what I did find kind of interesting, actually. Uh, Netflix announced that they'd be campaigning Chadwick Boseman for an Oscar in a lead role, not a supporting role, as I speculated. So, yeah. And then uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, Disney's, uh, I don't know how many movies away, but... uh, uh, Disney animated film. This was supposed to come out actually in November. It now got pushed to March. Could be pushed again. I'm expecting it to probably be pushed again. Um, but the original voice actress, uh, I, I don't know who it was, but uh, was replaced by Rose Tico actress Kelly Marie Tran. Uh, the trailer does look pretty good, but her voice hasn't fully been able to like capture me yet. The music is really good. Uh, and they they've given us a, enough story for a first tease. A lot of uh, I see a lot of Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones, Lunge of Cora, Moana. It it seems all very familiar, but it's, it was kind of cool. Um, is, I don't know if this is trying to be like their new Frozen or whatever. Moana tried to be that and and it failed, and that's kind of sad because that that was that's one of my favorite Disney animated movies in recent years, and the animation does look really really good in this movie. Um, and she also has an animal sidekick of whatever species. I think they said it was an armadillo. I don't know. But yeah, I'm excited for this. And lastly, I'm going to talk about The Mandalorian Season 2, but not too far in depth because it starts up next week, and I will be covering each episode week to week. Anyway, this is supposed to be like the second trailer or special look they've had, but it was only a minute long, and I'm not going to break it down or go in depth because they've shown us no new footage from the past trailer, which wasn't all that good either. Um, and I wasn't expecting them to show Ahsoka, 
like other people were. I would, because I can guarantee that she's only going to be in one episode. They're not going to have Rosario Dawson for like half the season in uh, in this show. And that's also a Dave Filoni character, so I would expect if Dave Filoni, um, I believe he's directing an episode, if not writing some, I if they, she'd probably come out in the Dave Filoni episode. They have an old trailer showing it's like a money shot. Um, and they're being extremely secretive, or something is very off behind the scenes. And even though Disney has not been very good with Star Wars, Force Awakens was solid. Rogue One was probably the best movie they've given us. Last Jedi was okay. Solo was okay. Rise of Skywalker was very bad. Um, Clone Wars season wasn't good at all until they uh, got to Siege of Mandalore, which is actually some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. But that wasn't Disney at all. That was all Dave Filoni. And then Mandalorian Season 1, which was good. I wouldn't say great, because the overall uh, storytelling structure they had, I wasn't a fan of. They were too tethered to the idea of doing a one-off each episode instead of an overarching story spanning eight hours, which would be much, much better, and I hope they do that this season. Um, but I don't know if uh, they're still going to do um, like they did last season. Some of the episodes last season were like under 30 minutes, which was crazy. So I hope... And it's only eight episodes long, so I think an hour episode would be a perfect idea. Lastly, Disney said they wouldn't be providing screeners to the press for Pyre Review. And they did do this last year because uh, the Baby Yoda reveal, which I was spoiled. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to stay off the internet like a day before um, I watch this. Just the first episode. But I don't know what could be possibly as important as a reveal as that in the first in the first episode because I they wouldn't they they wouldn't give screeners to anyone probably beyond the first three episodes so I would expect a big reveal to be coming very early on in the season but I feel like they're trying way too hard to hide something and I'm kind of catching on. Alright guys, that'll do it for this episode of Weekly Movie Wrap-Up. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.